0: Well, hello there. Thank you for joining us for the flagship episode of Legally Speaking WTF. Each week, from here on out, we will be setting out to examine, question, cross-examine, and hopefully reach a verdict on some of the complex puzzles within employment and healthcare law. For those of you who hear that beautiful sound, the universally known love language that is legal jargon, and fear that you have been charged with listening to yet another boring podcast, we plead not guilty We are here to be a reputable but enjoyable source for helping answer some of the most pressing legal questions in healthcare and employment law today. My name is Joey Shukhevich, and I will be one of the key witnesses in today's case. However, I will not be alone. I am thrilled to introduce the man that will be lead counsel in this Trial By podcast. For those wondering what the WTF stands for in our name, I'm sure it has become quite clear by now. You are listening to the one and only Legally Speaking with Troy Foster.
1: Hey, Joy. Thanks for the intro. I'm Troy Foster, and I'm a a lawyer, an old guy. I've been doing it for about 25 years. Before that, I worked for a member of Congress and uh, really have focused on employee and employment uh, rights, so looking at folks' civil rights, looking at when an employer can do certain things with an employee, and and really trying to figure out where the boundaries are and, and helping everyone navigate those. So I think today's topic
0: is fresh and, and we're ready to to talk about it. Thanks, Troy. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It has been one of the focal points of the news ever since we witnessed the uh, insurrection at the Capitol last week. Uh, today we will be discussing the First Amendment and the ways in which it can or can't protect you from job termination. Uh, but first, to introduce everyone to the topic, we present the beauty that is social media. Enjoy. Players, it's that time of day christine priola she was an occupational therapist for the Cleveland school district that is until she thought it would be a great idea to scurry her ass on up to dc and break into the Capitol, all while carrying a sign that says the children cry out for justice as if what she's doing is not a fucking crime you do it well the day after the attack she woke up that morning decided, instead of getting fired, I'm going to resign from the school. So she resigns and used QAnon conspiracy theories as her reasons, making herself look even more stupid. While well, she's been arrested and charged with several federal crimes, she was identified by her former co-workers. I bet she's thinking, if only I had Laura May. Thank you to at Double D on TikTok for that phenomenal encapsulation of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Obviously, the insurrection is a very extreme example. Um, So let's just kind of break it down. Let's start with actually, why is it so important that we do have the First Amendment and that we use this right in our uh, daily lives?
1: So I'm a huge advocate of folks being able to be empowered to talk about things that matter to them and making sure that we are in that place. Because the minute I see uh, employees or people in general in our society step back and worry about whether they're able to or should speak out, then our rights can be curbed. Uh, people may not stand up, and then they may not be able to. That's the, the next dangerous step. So I'm a huge advocate of, of standing up, and regardless of the opinion, expressing it. Obviously, need to do that the right way, but uh, making sure that everyone's out there and able to before uh, our rights are curbed.
0: No, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. And you mentioned expressing your opinions the right way and appropriately there. And can you say, can you talk a little bit more about why is it important that we don't misuse these rights and take them to places that they weren't originally with the First Amendment protections? These these misuses of the rights.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's great. And it leads into a couple of different areas. The first is like, what really is the First Amendment? And, you know, what does it protect, right? Um, What does it protect? And who does it protect and when? So there's a lot of uh, different paths that we can go down with that. But the first piece is everyone talks about the First Amendment, or that's my First Amendment, right? You can't, you know, tell me what to say or what to do. Well, Not always the case. Uh, I think a lot of us think about First Amendment as being able to say and express your opinion wherever or whenever. And that's really not the case. There are a couple of limitations. And really, the First Amendment only comes into play when the government is going to stop you or might insert itself in how you speak. So, just a couple of examples like if you want to speak downtown or you want to go march or protest, uh, the government can't stop you if it's a reasonable way and you're doing it peacefully and sometimes they'll even be, you have to get a permit or something, but it really deals with the government. So if you and I are having a talk and you shut me down, I can't say, hey, Joey, wait a minute, you're, you're trouncing on my First Amendment rights because, you know, Uncle Sam or the state isn't involved here. So it really has to be government action that that's involved before we even talk about the First Amendment.
0: So obviously, one of the things you mentioned was uh, the, the direct tie that the First Amendment plays in governing and the government. But where we can start to see that First Amendment being misconstrued is your private life. Obviously, the First Amendment protects you from the government squashing uh, your ability to speak and protest. But when it comes to your employer, at what point does the First Amendment not really play a role anymore?
1: That's an excellent question. Everyone, uh, if you are exercising your First Amendment rights in in traditional sense, if we want to go right down to it and talk about the uh, insurrection and what may have been uh, at least thought of to be a beginning of a protest back on January 6th, I think that what we look at, there are two different things. Everyone can exercise their First Amendment rights. There are consequences and prices, though. Uh, You said it really clearly. The government, when we're exercising our First Amendment rights appropriately, the government can't interfere. But if someone sees us exercising that right, like our employer, and they don't like how we look, they don't like what we say, they can judge that and they can take whatever action they want. Uh, it could very, We have to remember that as employees, we are representing our families, we're representing our companies, And we don't have unbridled First Amendment protection. So a a company can definitely take action, even if you're exercising First Amendment rights and they don't like what you're saying.
0: So, yeah, I think that is that's kind of the core question we have today is what is some we could start with the more extreme examples where it's kind of clear the reasons why you can be fired for doing something illegal, even if it started as uh, a protest, what it became was far from that. But what are some more kind of everyday things that an employee should be conscientious of? Can you be fired for vocalizing your opinions on, let's say, social media or just in the public sphere in general?
1: So, Joey, I'm going to give you a very annoying lawyer-like answer, and it, it, it really depends. So we're going to talk on a, a few things there. Um, usually, and we'll just a, a couple of examples, and one here in Arizona, there were some very peaceful protests a few years back when folks were looking at immigration reform and how that would negatively infect affect uh, communities here. And so those individuals that decided to walk out of work and protest, after they if they got permission from their employer, uh, their their employer really could not punish them for going out. Now, the employer has to, treat those requests similarly. So an employer can say, hey, we're not going to give you time off to go do this. But if there's a different type of protest that the employer then likes better, they have to have the same policy. So it has to be consistent. Uh, that said, if an employer says we're not going to let anybody go uh, to, to engage in some sort of protest uh, because we just can't afford people to be gone, That's fine, because it doesn't matter on what you're talking or protesting about. The employer has a consistent message and policy, and that's acceptable. Now, on your other question about social media, it becomes much more difficult, and we have a lot of questions that go with that, but one that always comes to me, and I get this from a lot of employers and employees, uh, they ask me, hey, can it really be that an employer can go on my social media, my Facebook, my Instagram, whatever it is, and say, "Hey, we don't like what you're saying on there, and we're going to, you know, take some action." And the answer is probably so. Uh, we have to be careful what we're saying and what we're doing and what we're representing. But we always advise companies: you really need to be careful on how you apply the policy. You need, if the employee, you know, is tying itself to the company and it's clear, then they're more likely to be a representative there. But it's it really is a morale issue. Um, there are some things that you could do legally, but the question is, as an employer, should you?
0: One of the most important parts of that, I believe, uh, your response is that uniformity of policy and making sure that if you allow one use of the First Amendment you allow it in all cases or you you strictly speak um, that you would prefer that it didn't happen one of the things that I think is a very important question that I would like to be clear on is what happens you said that when you're representing an employee or an employer or a company can you be fired if there is no direct correlation to that uh, to your employer what we saw in the insurrection there was one man who was fired because he had his name tag on. But is there a significant difference of if you can be traced back and if not?
1: Yeah. And so what's interesting about that, and I know that that's a good example because it's fresh in our minds, but it's pretty unique. Not only what happened, but the publicity it got. So it's very rare um, that people will know uh, who participated unless they want to vocalize it. Um, And so... It's one of those circumstances where we don't really know the answer, but I would say this, if you, you don't have to wear a name tag for your company or your coworkers, because it's not just going to be your company, right? You have coworkers, you have other people that may want to report what you did. Um, and we see that with, with this, this case too, a lot of people didn't like what their coworkers did and they reported them. Um, so it's not just how you as the employee identify yourself or keep yourself, try to keep yourself from not being identified. It's There's a whole host of other things that could come into play. And the main thing we want to look to is what we can control. So we can't control a lot of things, but we can control what we do, how we go about it, and making sure that we understand what our company expects
0: what are some practical ways for an employee or an employer on the other side of the coin to maintain that healthy dynamic of, as we said in the beginning of the podcast, the importance of speaking up and uh, using the rights that we've been given while also shielding themselves from the possibility of termination or an employer being clear on what is a fireable offense? Perfect. And
1: I always think it's important to have these practical takeaways. I'm gonna break them up a bit. So for employees, I think there are two things that you can do as an employee to make sure that you're out there and you you can be vocal, but also protecting yourself and making sure you're a good representative. And the first one is making sure that you know what your company's policy is. All you have to do is you can ask, you can look in your handbook, maybe the company doesn't have a policy, ask your supervisor. Being clear up front before you take any action and before you exercise those rights is gonna be the best medicine. The second thing is making sure that, and I think this is more much more practical. If you look on your social media, make sure that you don't identify your employer, um, especially on your social account. So LinkedIn and some others that are more professional, you're going to identify your employer as a necessity and that's the whole point of that platform but the social platforms the purely social ones really you shouldn't be identifying yourself as a company representative and that way you are less likely to get in trouble for doing something that your company doesn't like because you're not tied so those are my two tidbits for employees
0: cool and then Again, as you said, it's really important to understand policy. So on the employer side, what are ways through which you can have a very clear policy that says we respect your right to do so, to speak freely and to protest? But on behalf of the company, should it not align with our values, it can become a a reason for termination and a legal reason for termination.
1: Right. So I think and, and I'm going to go back to the first one. It's really important to have a clear policy. I think that it's difficult. I think a lot of companies, having been a a chief human resources officer for a large company for a number of years, this is where uh, employers come to this. It's very difficult and dicey. So let's not address it. That's the exact wrong approach. You need to embrace the fact that it's gray and tackle it head on and write a policy that addresses it. And not only write a policy, not dictate it, bring in a group of employees, talk to them. Because when you do that, in addition to the policy, what they're going to remember is that they were included and you have their buy-in and there's some understanding also of what they might want to do, what are what's important to them and what would they want to do and speak out. So it's not only writing a policy, but also having some sort of discussion with your employee base in different areas of the group to find out what they're interested in and and let them understand how it can affect the business too because i'll tell you i think employees and employers are really aligned more often than not we we like to talk about or at least see the times when they're not but a good employer and good employee are often aligned it's just a matter of communicating
0: And I think that's a great that's really at the core of this podcast. The reason that we think it's such an important thing to talk about is that communication is important communication between employers and employees, but also citizens and their government and respecting both scenarios of when that necessity of open communication can damage your business. That there is repercussions and there is consequences obviously we have the extreme examples where it becomes more of a very illegal activity but there is cases in which very legal activities can cause uh, termination for all the right reasons and one of the main ways that we can avoid that is through this open communication and that as you said embracing the gray area um and having an open dialogue about the policy so that it's clear then it's very easy to navigate.
1: And uh, employees,
0: we're all in it together. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? Exactly. And I think one of the most profound things you said today was that in your experience, employers and employees are far more aligned than traditionally uh, what you may think. I think that really is kind of what's at the core of this, is that open communication. It's important that we talk about the things that we are displeased with, while also being clear on when there is real consequences to uh, vocalizing those opinions. Troy, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It's been a fun conversation. Do you have any idea what we're going to be talking about next week?
1: I think so, Joey. I think we want to talk about the growing gender pay gap. Fortunately, we had made a lot of progress over the last decade in narrowing that gap, but what has the pandemic done? And we're going to explore that and talk about some tips on how to close the gap and how to do it right way.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope all you guys who are listening will join us again next week. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Legally Speaking WTF. We hope to see you guys next week.